And by His grace, God has given us a way to do that, a way to enter into His presence, a way to know Him more. Last week, we focused on the uh, first two foundational spiritual disciplines. And that discipline was, anyone, last week, wake up, the Word of God, Bible study, reading, meditating on, memorizing, working to gain an understanding and obeying the Word of God, studying and applying uh, God's Word as foundational to our spiritual growth. Now this week, we turn our attention to the second foundational discipline, which is prayer. Thank you. If we desire to, to overcome sin, to become the kind of people God wants us to be, to be used by God, to reach out in our world, the world around us, then we must, must be both a Bible-studying and a praying church. E.M. Bounds, who is known for his writings on prayer, said, What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more novel message methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. Now, E.M. wrote in the 19th century, so I'd update his quote a, a little bit, changing men to men and women or to people and, and Holy Ghost. I, I like that, but Holy Spirit seems to resonate more with us. But you get the point. The church, we here at Bridges, God's church worldwide even, if we're going to accomplish the work that God has given us in this city and around the world, we need to be mighty people of prayer. So this morning, I'm going to begin by looking at, at three attitudes, I'm going to call them, that we, the church, must have about this thing known as prayer. And then I'm going to conclude by looking at prayer from God's perspective. Why did God give us this amazing privilege of prayer? And my prayer and my purpose this morning is for God to use His Word to inspire and to motivate us to become mighty people of prayer, to become a, a praying church. And to do that, the first attitude we must have is an attitude of devotion. The church must be devoted to prayer. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but the last several sermons have begun with this point, with a different uh, aspect. We're already seeing with this with regards to breaking of bread. We need to be devoted to breaking of bread and to studying God's Word. The apostles' teaching, we need to be devoted. Acts 2.42, Luke summarizes the activity of the early church by saying, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, we've talked about this word devotion already, but I haven't mentioned that the Greek word for devoted is proskartero. It contains the ideas of earnestness, of perseverance, of diligence, of steadfastly continuing in. It's not a casual word. And, and these things that, that Luke says we're to be devoted to, including prayer, are not casual activities. They're, they're, per, they're to be purposeful priorities in our lives, as they were in the life of the early church. And being devoted to prayer is not just found here, this idea, this concept of devotion to prayer isn't just found in this one verse in Acts chapter 2. Five other times in the New Testament we find the same Greek word used in relationship to prayer. Speaking of the early disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 
14, we read, all these were at one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. And in Acts 6, when there was a controversy over the the feeding of, of widows in the church, the apostle says, choose men to deal with this problem, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Those two kind of go together as we'll see. Then in Romans 12.12, the Apostle Paul instructs the church, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant. Same word. Be constant, be devoted in prayer. The church in Ephesus, Paul writes, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance or devotion. Same word. And finally, to the church in Colossae, Paul writes, continue steadfastly, same word again, devote yourselves in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So from the beginning of the church, from the beginning of the church, the church was to be devoted to prayer. And I, and I believe that was to continue on throughout the existence of the church. So, so how are we doing Are we devoted to prayer? Are you devoted to prayer? Do we earnestly protect our prayer time? Do we even have a prayer time? Do we reject other things so we can spend time in the presence of God? We teach about prayer. We believe in our heads. I believe we believe in our heads that the Bible, what the Bible says about prayer, but has it penetrated our hearts? I think too, all too often the answer is no. Prayer seems to be a difficult thing for most Christians, including myself, to devote ourselves to. And so I thought, as I thought about this, I asked myself, uh, as I thought about our, our lack of devotion, I wanted to give some, uh, I spent some time thinking about this, a story or an illustration or something that would help us to see our need to be devoted to prayer. But then I realized that our problem is not that we don't know or even feel the importance of prayer. Our problem isn't intellectual or emotional. Our problem is spiritual. Therefore, we don't need an intellectual or an emotional solution. We need a spiritual solution. We need God to change our hearts. We need prayer. We need prayer that we would be people of prayer. So I've asked... uh, Georgia Gibbons, who leads our prayer time in the mornings on Sundays, to to pray for us. To pray that God will use His Word to work in our hearts, to transform us into mighty people of prayer, people who are devoted to prayer. So Georgia, would would you pray for us? That you invite us to come alongside of you in our physical selves and in our spiritual selves and our emotional selves, Lord. I thank you that you are the one that fills us with your love and, and with wisdom and guidance. And Lord, I do lift each one of us up individually. I lift us up as a church family, and I lift us all up as your church, Lord, and ask that you would enable us to be a people that are devoted to seeking you, be a people that are indeed devoted to prayer, that you would guide and direct us in how that looks and what that looks and how to set the time aside and in just drawing us to yourself, Lord. I pray that you would um, continually 
Show us how to keep our eyes focused on you and devote ourselves to times of prayer. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have opportunities throughout uh, the message to have different, different kinds of prayer, so prepare yourself for that. Nothing too embarrassing, though. So first, the church must be devoted to prayer. And second, the church must depend on prayer. Have you ever contemplated, have you ever thought about what, what is prayer? What is it really? I, I think we all too often sort of mysticize it or overcomplicate it or overformulize it. Because in reality, prayer primarily means asking God for things. And by things, I don't mean objects or stuff necessarily. I mean generally what we need. This will involve physical needs, emotional needs, most importantly, spiritual needs. Because what our heart, what we need most of all, is God Himself. To know Him, to trust Him, to love Him, to obey Him. And God has given us this gift of prayer that we might enter into relationship with Him and receive these things from Him. That we might, that, that we might demonstrate our dependence on Him through prayer. And yes, I, I know that our relationship with God is more than asking. In Matthew chapter 6, we have uh, the record of Jesus' teaching His disciples to pray. This is called the, the Lord's Prayer, even though it, it should probably be called the, the Disciples' Prayer. Jesus taught them saying, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray, we begin by acknowledging to whom we're praying, Right? To, to whom we are depending on, to whom we come to seeking help and deliverance, our heavenly, our holy, hallowed Father. And we have to come with the right perspective, knowing that God is holy, that God is sovereign, that God is in control of all things, and that God loves us, and that God wants what's best for us. We come to Him wanting first and foremost His kingdom to come and His will to be done. And once we've established the foundation of our prayer, who we're praying to and, and, and what the foundation of, of what we hopefully want is, then we ask God to give us this day our daily bread. In prayer, we acknowledge our dependence on God for our physical needs and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In prayer, we acknowledge our dependence on God for forgiveness and for the ability to forgive and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. In prayer, we acknowledge our dependence on God to keep us away from temptation and sin. And uh, maybe you're expecting, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's not in the, the Bible. Sorry. It's, in a, it's not in the oldest manuscripts. So this is what Jesus, this is the simple little prayer that Jesus teaches His disciples. This model prayer that Jesus gives His disciples involves taking our needs and communicating them to God. Revealing our dependence on Him. Uh, question 98, if in case, I mean, some of you might know this. Question 98 in the Westminster Shorter Catechism is this. What is prayer? Did you guys know that? The answer is, and I think it's a good one, Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Jesus Christ by the help of His Spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. Notice the main thing. Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God. 
with confession of our sins and with thankful acknowledgement of his mercies, including praise and worship of who God is. But the essence of prayer is the expression of our dependence on God through requests, through supplication. This is why at Bridges, our fourth core value is dependence on prayer, or maybe it should be dependence on God through prayer. God wants, God even commands us to demonstrate our dependence on Him by prayer. Pastor A.C. Dixon wrote, when we depend on organizations, we get what organizations can do. When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. When we depend on eloquence, we get what eloquence can do, and so on. Nor am I disposed to undervalue any of these things in their proper place, but when we depend on prayer, we get what God can do. Prayer is the expression of our dependence on God by bringing to Him our needs and even our desires, and then seeing and experiencing what God does in our lives and the lives of others. So I want us to turn again to pray. This time, I'd like us as individuals to reflect on our need to depend on God. To depend on His gift of prayer that enables us to communicate our dependence to Him. We're going to take a moment just of silent prayer. Begin by maybe reflecting on what the Spirit is is drawing your attention to that you need to bring before God. Is there a difficulty, a a longing, a worry, a physical, emotional, or a spiritual need in your life? Maybe you're not depending on God to meet that need, but, but, but bring it to Him now. Use this time to ask God for His intervention, for His help, for His deliverance. Ask Him to reveal His presence to you. Throughout, through this time of difficulty, maybe you're experiencing. Take this moment to express your dependence on God by telling Him your needs and your desires. So let's just take a, a moment of silent prayer together. Amen. So, first, we must be devoted to prayer. Second, we must depend on God through prayer. And third, the church must be disciplined in prayer. This is where the, the, the rubber hits the road, if you will. We, we must take steps to see prayer is part of our regular daily lives. In Colossians chapter 4, verse, verse 2, which we read a, a, a moment ago, we read this command, continue steadfastly, be devoted in prayer, being watchful in it. That there is discipline needed to continue steadfastly. And we, and we must be watchful in prayer. I, I think this means that we must work against the distractions and the hindrances that, that come to play when it comes time for us to prayer. Being watchful means to do what you have to do to make prayer a regular part of your life. And that takes practical planning, and that takes discipline. So I'd like to uh, really get practical now. We're going to pray about, uh, about being disciplined in prayer, but, but I'd like to begin by suggesting five practical ways to discipline ourselves in prayer. I pray that God will use these, these suggestions, these plans to help us all be disciplined, more disciplined in prayer. Now, I'm sure there are more than five. These are just the five that, that I thought about, five that have been helpful in my life. So first, uh, 
pray daily. Or, or, or even better, schedule a daily time of prayer. You may say, have you seen my schedule? Scheduling anything on a daily basis would be next to impossible. But remember what it means to be devoted. When busyness and difficulty enter into our lives, the things we're devoted to are the things that remain. Others may say, I don't need a specific time of prayer. I pray throughout my day. Well, amen to that. Paul teaches us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. But it's not true that we have to choose between scheduling prayer and prayer being a natural part of our, our daily lives. If, if you want to walk in prayer all day long, you need to have a specific times of prayer, times of quiet communion with God. That's where we think about this time of a quiet time. We call it a quiet time. Quiet between, just quiet between you and God. Why? Because you can't go... Uh, uh, experience intimacy with God just on the run, fitting it into the cracks of your day. But you can enjoy continual fellowship with God on the run in your busyness if, if you've experienced intimacy with Him in the stillness of a scheduled time of prayer. I would suggest that that time be in the morning. At the beginning of your day, John Bunyan wrote, He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. So yes, make it your goal to have your whole day be a walking conversation with God. Pray without ceasing. But but the way to develop that continual prayer is to be devoted to regular morning times of prayer. So even if it means cutting your uh, nightly TV time short, going to bed earlier so you can get up, to spend time with God before the busyness of the day just crowds everything out. That's what you need to do. That's what it means to be disciplined. That's what it means to be devoted to prayer. And so once you've established your daily uh, morning time of prayer, then allow that time or times, if you will, to grow. Pray longer and deeper. That's our second practical suggestion. This is a process Developing a prayer life. How long should your prayer time be? Well, I would say if you're doing nothing, if you're not praying at all, then start. Start with something. Start with a minute, two minutes, five minutes. Start where you are. uh, Take a step to schedule that time. Then ask God to grow your prayer time both in length and in depth. We need Christians who have deep faith. And depth comes through time spent in the presence of the Lord. Time spent in His Word. Time spent in prayer. There must be extended times in God's presence if we're to grow spiritually. It doesn't doesn't have to be one long time. It can be several planned, shorter times during your day. Daniel provides us with a great example. He was a a high-ranking political official in Babylon. He had enemies, and they had passed a law that no one could pray except to the king. And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, we read, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, this anti-prayer to God document, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And so this is his normal practice. He didn't just start this. And he continued kneeling 
on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. So not only do we see the, the courage and commitment, the depth of Daniel's prayer is in the open window when his life is being threatened, but we see that he's devoted in his three daily times of prayer. I think there's something there to this uh, uh, three times model. I found it very helpful in my life to set aside the, a longer time in the morning, at the beginning of the day, before I leave the house, then maybe a shorter time at lunch. So maybe there's a, a time there at your, at your lunch break. And a time at night before you go to sleep that you pray. Christine and I pray together on a nightly basis. That's, that's our night time. And as you get into the schedule, ask God to help you in the length and the depth of your prayer time. That's what it looks like to be devoted and disciplined in prayer. So we've talked about the, the, the practical aspects of our times of prayer, but what about the content of our prayer? Who and what are we to pray for? And how, how do we remember who and what to pray for? Well, I believe we should uh, develop a, a prayer diary, or if you're a man, a journal. The D just works in here in this, uh, in this list. And there are many ways to do that. You can keep a prayer list on your, on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone. There's an app for that. There's prayer journal apps out there. Whatever way works best for you, I suggest you, in the power of the Holy Spirit, being led and guided by the Spirit, make a weekly prayer list. What am I going to pray for? In prayer, allow the Holy Spirit to show you where you should focus your prayers. There will be things you need to pray for daily. I'm not the Holy Spirit, uh, in case you were wondering, but I suggest you, you pray for yourself on a daily basis. Because if God doesn't awaken and strengthen and humble and fill you, then you, you, then you can't pray for anyone else. So daily, ask the Lord to transform your heart, to grow you, to strengthen you, to fill you with His Spirit. Maybe that's part of your morning as, as your feet hit the floor. Father, this day, fill me with Your Spirit. That you might have power to overcome sin and, and temptation that you might have power to represent Him throughout your day. Other daily things that you might include in your, in your daily prayer are your family. Christine and I pray together in the evening, and we pray for one another. We pray for our kids. We pray for our grandson. At least we have been for the last six months. We also pray for those in the church that we know have specific difficulties. That's part of our daily Prayer time. I've, I found that the, the daily prayer becomes uh, those things that are closest to my heart. Maybe there's a person or, or people in your life that you know need the Lord. They need to come to saving faith. Put them on your daily prayer list and pray that God would open their eyes to who He is. Now, once you have your daily prayer items... Then list other things to pray for uh, on a, maybe a specific day of the week. So it'll be prayed for once a week. Maybe, maybe a missionary or two or three or four. You can spread them throughout your weeks. Maybe people you work with, job concerns. People in your small groups. Pray for the people in your small groups. Pray for your pastor. He should probably be on the daily list, actually. Put the elders on the once a week, but the pastor, on, I'm just kidding. Your political leaders your, of the city, of your state, of your nation. 
your kids, school, pray for their teachers, social issues that that the Holy Spirit brings to your heart, injustices that concern you, abortion, poverty, racism. The list can go on and on. This is a a time where God is, where you're going to go to the Spirit and He's going to tell you. It's going to prompt your heart. What what are you concerned about? What needs and desires do you have that you want to take to the Lord? And you can't pray for all of of these things every day. But when you distribute them over seven days, you can pray for many of them throughout the week. You can add and take away from your list as God answers prayers. Now, this might sound uh, controlled, but it's only a tool. Something practical to help you not get lost. I don't know if you just say, okay, I'm going to go pray now. And then you sit down and you go, okay. There's this vast amount of things to pray for. And, 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 you know, you can sit down and just say, Holy Spirit, bring to mind the things you want me to pray for, and, that, and that's fine. But I, I, I just see this as a practical way, a systematic way, where you can be in prayer for many things throughout your week. Now, another thing that helps us stay focused, because I think that's oftentimes our problem. It's my problem. I get in prayer and I lose focus. Another thing, though, that helps us stay focused, practical thing, is to pray uh, through Scripture. That's my fourth practical suggestion. Pray through uh, the Bible. No, I wanted to start with a D. This one, I couldn't come up with a D. Anybody have an... Sorry, you guys aren't impressed that I came up with any Ds. I'm going to stop wasting my time. But the Scripture, so we got one S and uh, four Ds. The next one's a D again, okay? There's great power in praying through the Word of God. Your prayer time and your Bible study uh, don't have to be separated. In fact, they shouldn't be separated. If you ask, what do I pray for myself? What do I pray for my family? What do I pray for my church? What do I pray for missionaries? What do I pray for my city and the state, the nation? The answer is pray Scripture. One of my favorite things to do is to pray the prayers found in the Bible for us. And one of my favorite prayers, just as an illustration, is Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. Pray this for the people of Bridges. Pray this for for us. I I do not cease, Paul writes, and he's praying for the church in Ephesus to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Pray that we would have knowledge of God. I mean, I think it's good to pray that people's... uh, physical body gets healed, but that seems to be a lot of only almost what we are praying for. When there's some physical need, that's when it goes on the prayer request. But I, I see also the need to pray for our spiritual needs, that we would grow in the knowledge of God, having the eyes of, of our hearts enlightened, that we may know what is the hope to which we've been called in you, where, that what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, knowing the inheritance. Pray that we know what God's giving us and that we're living based on what God is giving us, not based on what the world is giving us. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Pray that we would know the power of God in our lives. So that's just one small example. The Psalms are filled with prayers that we can pray for ourselves, for others. Praying these kind of biblical prayers for ourselves and others, is, it's powerful because it's God's Word and God's will. You know, our, your kingdom come, your will be done. You want to pray prayers according to God's will, pray through 
His Word. So use God's Word as a, as a prayer guide. And finally, pray with other disciples. Notice that the word disciples relates to the word discipline. As disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we all should be, we're to be disciplined people. And we're to be disciplined in prayer. And we're to help one another to be disciplined, to be disciples. Which means we're to pray for one another and we're to pray with one another. This is so important to build into our lives. Spouses pray together. Families pray together. Bible studies, small groups pray together. Ministry groups pray together. We should look for opportunities to pray with and for one another. To be genuine with one another. Expressing our our needs to one another. We have, to, we, have to, we have to be vulnerable, don't we? If we want people to really pray for us, we have to be vulnerable with them and tell them what's going on in our lives. This is really the key to, to building true fellowship. That's a, the topic next week. Tom's going to speak on, on fellowship, the, the fellowshipping church. If we, as we pray together, we grow in fellowship with one another. Think back to Acts 2.42. The early church, and they devoted themselves to the prayers. The focus here in Acts is is on corporate prayer. Different kinds of prayers. When they gathered in in big groups and in the temple, and, and when they ate together in their homes, they focused on God and they prayed together. When they got in touch with each other, they, they got in touch with God. And so as we turn to, to prayer again, I, I just like to this is maybe the only hard part this morning, so here it is. Uh, turn to groups of three or four. Just form little prayer groups. We used to call them prayer huddles. And, and, and just have one person in each group pray. Pray that God will work in our hearts, that, we will, uh, uh, that He will give us this, the, the fruit of the Spirit of self-control, that we might be a disciplined in prayer. Just take a minute to do that together. Just groups of three or four. And just one person pray for, for themselves and for that group that we would be disciplined in prayer. Okay. Amen. Not too, not too difficult. So we've seen uh, what our attitude toward prayer should be. We're to be devoted to prayer. We're to be dependent on God through prayer and disciplined in prayer. Now, in conclusion, I want us to turn from us to God. I mean, not that we haven't... God is part of the whole thing, right? To God's perspective on prayer. This is very motivational to me. I mean, you can talk about myself, devotion, dependence, discipline. But now let's look at God What does God think about prayer? And I want us to see that God delights in our prayer. I want us to know, and I'm being metaphorical here if I I can, I want us to know that when we pray, God smiles. It's good. God, God likes it. God loves to be asked for things. Proverbs 15.8 says, The prayer of the upright is his delight. God is so eager to hear our prayers and respond to them. He says in Isaiah 65, 24, Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. 
God, the creator of the universe, the one who holds our life in his hands, who rules all things, he is the kind of God who loves for you to personally ask him for things. So why is that? Why does God not only will that we ask him for things, but he delights, he he loves it when we ask him for things? And, And I think the answer is because God is a giver. John teaches that God is love. Love cares for the needs and the desires of the one love. That means that God, that, that love gives. For God so loved the world, He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. It's, it's His nature to be a giver. In Acts chapter 17, verse 25, we read, Nor is He about God, nor is He served by human hands as though He needs anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. God is the giver. And when we go to him in prayer and he gives to us, he answers our prayers, he's glorified. In Romans chapter 11, 35 and 36 we read, Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. When God gives, God is glorified. It's more glorious, this is a principle, to be a giver than a getter. Getters look uh, needy, and they are. Givers look big and glorious. This This is true even in human relationships. Just an illustration here. Among those in the court of Alexander the Great was a philosopher of outstanding ability, but little money. He asked Alexander for financial help and was told to draw whatever he needed from the imperial treasury. But when the man requested an amount equal to $50,000, he was refused. The treasurer, needing to verify that such a large amount was authorized, when when he asked Alexander, the ruler replied, Pay the money at once. The philosopher has done me a singular honor. By the largeness of his request, he shows that he has understood both my wealth and generosity. And we honor God when we request things from him and big things as well. We show our faith in his wealth and his generosity. God gives us prayer because he wants us to see him as a gloriously wealthy and generous giver. And he wants us to see ourselves as totally dependent on him. He says in Psalm chapter 50, verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Pretty simple uh, a formula here. God answers our call for help so that, that we get deliverance and he gets glory. Similarly, in John chapter 14, verse 13, Jesus says, Whatever you ask in my name... Let me just stop here for a second. That in my name is pretty important, and we don't have time to go into it. But just know, this is talking about in the will of God. As we pray in His will, in the name of Christ, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ask for things in the name of Christ, in His name. Why? So you, so you might have those things? Yes, but more importantly, so that the Father may be glorified. God is glorified when He answers our prayers out of His glorious riches and His generosity. So are you getting the idea? God wills that you pray. He wills that you ask Him for things. 
And not just He wills it, He delights in it. Why? Because God delights in showing the fullness of His love and His grace and His mercy by meeting the needs of humble, dependent, praying people. We need to be humble, dependent, praying people. And when, we, and when He meets our needs in response to prayer, He gets the glory. He's made to look big and glorious. Prayer is for our good and it's for God's glory. A few weeks ago, we focused on the fact that we were created to bring God glory. And now we, we know that, that prayer is key to, to, to that equation, to God being glorified. So prayer is not just some optional thing in our, our Christian life. Prayer is at the heart of why God created us. We were created in the image of God to bring God glory. And God delights to bring us good and display His glory through giving, it, through giving in response to our prayer. This is kind of, kind of deep stuff at the, at the heart of, of who we are and, and who God is. But I believe that when we embrace this truth, that the key to our good and to God's glory is found in prayer, that then our motivation for prayer will grow. Will grow. We'll be devoted, we'll be dependent, and we'll become disciplined in prayer. Amen? Now I'm going to conclude with one final time of, of prayer together. I want, I want us to demonstrate our dependence on God that He might give for our good and that, we might, and that He might be glorified as He deserves. So, so I want us to pray together as a church for our church. I believe that God wants us at Bridges to have a greater impact on Riverside and the world that we're currently, that more of an impact than we're currently having. I believe that God wants us to meet people's needs, their physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs. God wants to use us to share the gospel and, and make disciples. But I can, I'm convinced that this will not happen unless we pray toward that end. Unless we put it before God. Yes, we, we need good preaching and worship and leaders and small groups and youth and children's ministry. We need to have a, a clear mission and vision. But the key to truly having an impact in our world is prayer. Asking God for guidance and direction. Asking Him for wisdom and power. Asking Him to use us in ministry to give us a heart for our community and for our world. We need prayer that God will use bridges for His purpose. Now we can do that in a, in a lot of ways, and I, and I pray we, we will. I pray we will, this, that will become a regular part of your prayer time, praying that God will use you and God will use your church for His glory. But I believe there's power in, in congregational prayer, in us praying together. Now there are, again, many ways we could do this, but but I'd like us to, in, in just a moment, I'd like us to stand together and to pray a prayer from Scripture. I've modified uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. It's kind of similar to the Ephesians passage we looked at. I've modified it as a, as a prayer for bridges. And I'd like us to pray this prayer together. So if you would join me and stand, and it'll be up here. And I will begin just to make sure. And out loud together, if we would just pray this prayer. Lord, we pray that you will fill us at bridges with the knowledge of your will. We pray that you will give us all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we will walk in a manner worthy of you. 
Lord, we pray that our lives will be fully pleasing to you. We pray that you will work in and through us so that we might bear fruit in every good work you provide. Lord, we pray that you work in our lives for our good, the good of others, and for your glory. Amen. Amen. I was supposed to ask the worship team to come forward as... No, 